the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's I on Real Estate on AM 970. The answer. This is I on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of I on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. And if you're just joining us as we uh, begin hour number two of this installment of Eye on Real Estate, this beautiful Saturday, May 14th, 2022, it's Michael Harrison filling in for Dottie. Dottie's taking the day off. She's a bit under the weather, as are so many people. My gosh, it seems everybody knows somebody who has something. And then everybody wonders, I wonder if I have, you know, the big C. C, what is it? C-19, it's now being called. But um, that's a whole other issue, and we'll save that for Eye on Health, which is another program that maybe should be coming up soon. Uh, we had a great conversation with Ace from Citizens Bank. Citizens Bank uh, are the sponsors of this program, and um, the name Citizens tells it all. They, um, they're for regular, everyday people, not just uh, big corporations. You can find out everything you need about them at citizensbank.com. And uh, if you really want your questions answered by a loan officer, no strings attached, 800-922-9999. Later in the hour, we'll be joined by writer Lois Weiss. Uh, she writes for the New York Post, The Real Deal, The Commercial Observer. She's an expert on real estate, but right now is a real expert on real estate, real estate law. He's a partner with the firm Adam Lightman Bailey. Uh, PC, and uh, he's been on the program before, and it's a pleasure for me to get to know him for the first time. Attorney Steve Wagner, welcome to Eye on Real Estate. Um, I'm Michael Harrison, and it's a pleasure to meet you, sir. Thank you for having me, Michael. The um, Before we even jump into everything, one of the things Ace and I were talking about is so much of how real estate goes is based upon the mood of the times and what's going on in the backdrop of uh, of day-to-day life and uh this is a great people have always said these are crazy times but these are really crazy times would you not agree absolutely there's an expression um uh buy when the blood's in the street and sell when the flags are flying and um, we've had some blood in the street, uh, figuratively speaking, over the last couple of years. Uh, and uh, hopefully uh, the flags will be flying. It seems that we're going that direction in New York right now. Yeah, well, I hope it's um, I, I, we all hope for better times. And there's um, always reason for optimism. And again, the mood of the public plays such a role in terms of real estate. And real estate is such a foundation for what sets the mood. I mean, let's face it. It's real estate it's real nothing is more real than that the, the the roof over your head the land that you live on and 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 how it affects your um, economic well-being the pandemic steve really really did have an impact on so many things um i understand that um the pandemic has been an excuse 
for co-op boards to not necessarily uh, do their due diligence. What's the story? Well, um, I've been seeing a lot of cases where um, I'm getting telephone calls from tenant shareholders or condo unit owners where their boards have not had annual meetings or elections, sometimes even from years before the uh, pandemic. But the pandemic has been a perfect excuse. You can't get together uh, in a single place. It's dangerous, not healthy. Um, and uh, uh, But it, it usually uh, goes deeper than that. I have found that uh, I'm getting calls from uh, apartment owners in buildings where um, there's there's deeper problems than just the pandemic or you know inability to meet, um, such as uh, there's the boards are not good boards. They aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're not hold, not only not holding elections and uh, perpetuating their uh, positions on the board, but they're also not. Um, uh, explaining why there are maintenance increases and not being transparent in uh, the activities of the board. They're not communicating, uh, which upsets people. I mean, if people will accept an increase in maintenance charges if they know what it's for, and there's a good reason. But just to raise them or have a, a an assessment, uh, that's not acceptable. Also, um, I've been running into uh, boards that... Uh, are not doing things so nicely. Uh, they have favorites. They'll play one side against another. And there's a lot of people who are disaffected in the uh, building or buildings who are unhappy and want to have an election. They want the, the pandemic has had an effect on it because a lot of a lot more people are working from home these days and they're seeing these differences. It's not like they go to work and come home. And, you know, it's fine, but uh, if they're, they're home all the time and they need something done because they're, uh, somebody's doing some work in the next door apartment and they can't do their work, and I say work, I mean construction, doing work in the next door apartment and they can't do their work because they're working at home, mm. they want to have been notified. Why didn't somebody tell them? And these things aren't happening and uh it may be impossible even to reach management and 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 get a response and and that's not acceptable these things are happening more during the pandemic and where people more people are staying home so i'm getting calls from people who say we're tired of being treated poorly we're tired of not knowing what's going on we're tired of the way uh, the money seems to be spent or what happened to our reserve fund? We can't get a good answer. And we're shut down every time we try to ask. And we want to have an election. We want to get rid of these guys or gals. Mm. Mm. And so mm. they come to me and um, uh, it's, uh, I will help those uh, shareholders or unit owners, apartment owners, um, Force, force a meeting and force an election. And uh, what's remarkable about it is that when these conditions I've just described to you exist and the apartment owners are organized, like the Tenants Association, but they're Owners Association, um, 
we've been, I, I don't want to jinx myself, but we haven't lost one of these yet. We are well, successful. Prob- not probably only because the not probably a- probably because the grievances are well founded. <laughs> that, that 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 there's no shade of gray. That these that these boards, these these particular boards, not all not all boards, but the ones that you're talking about are um, are, are are pulling stunts. That, that that they're either incompetent or they're corrupt or a combination of both. Yeah, that's absolutely true, and I I want to underscore that the overwhelming majority of boards are good. The reputation that co-ops get, for example, that's a, a small sliver of, of the total number of co-ops. Most boards are good people who are on the board for the right reasons and want to do community service at the very grassroots level. And that's wonderful. But you do get these boards where... Uh, I, I, the, the corruption and the incompetence and the self-dealing is just so far off the scale. And being on the board is a lot of power. The, the board, it's in terms of elections, the board sends out the meeting notices. They run the meeting. They send out the proxies. They control who can speak and who can't speak at the meetings. Um, and um, very often can make it difficult or even impossible to um, check on the results of an election or anything else. Um, For example, uh, if you want to challenge an election or you want to run your your group uh, to challenge the current board, the first thing you're going to need is a list of the shareholders or unit owners so that you can communicate with them. Mm -hmm. And you're entitled to that under the law under the governing documents of the co-op or condo, and also um, by statute. And often boards just refuse to give them. They make you go to court and fight for them. And are, the laws, are the laws, Steve, Steve, are the laws that's, that, that you're discussing, um, uh, I imagine you're talking about New York, are they the same basic laws that affect Florida? And the reason I say that is because a lot of people listening to this broadcast might there's just a preponderance in terms of numbers of New Yorkers or, or Northeasterners who own condos in Florida. Um, so um, I'm sure a lot of people are listening yeah, well, to this with that in mind as well. Yeah, uh, the laws are different, but the very basic structures are the same. Mm-hmm. So um, I do get calls from people from Florida uh, who are concerned and uh, and uh, want to take over the board, et cetera. And what's interesting about it is that the, uh, the, each one, co-ops and condos, have a, a like cookbook on how they operate. It's, they're called bylaws. And if you read the bylaws, very often they're similar. Uh, that's not to say, you know, we may talk about a, a, a section of the law in a little bit, which is a New York law, which I don't know if they have in common in Florida, but uh, the, the basics are the same. And, and the other thing is that it's not just what's written in the governing documents. It's also organizing, how right. to organize. Right. Well, if, if, if you send out a flyer and they send out a flyer and then you send out a flyer and it goes back and forth and back and forth, people who aren't involved in that may read the first or second 
but then they, they, they get exhausted. They just want to be, go home and be left alone. Yeah. You know, a lot, of people, want a lot of people want a lot of people don't want to be involved in the politics of running the, the co-op or the condo. They want other competent, trustworthy people to do it for them. They have enough trouble running their own life or being worried about uh, the, the city hall or, or Congress screwing them, let alone the politics in the te- the tempest and the teapot in their building, which uh, I, I could share some stories with you that, you know, as a co-op and a condo owner, I learned a lot of lessons about how intense that politics can be. But uh, for the sake of people listening to this who might be interested in buying a co-op or a condo, what should one do as a buyer? Because how do you know um, in determining uh, the competency or the honesty of the board at the place that they're thinking of going into? Because it does have such an impact on how happy they'll be and, and, and how successful they'll be in making that purchase. What should they look well, for? It, well, that's a very good and interesting question. There's a couple of things that I do when uh, advising clients. Um, first of all, I look at the financial statement. Uh, you would say, how do you know if it's a good or bad board or the building? You know, what can you know from a financial statement? Well, you can because very often they have at least one or two years comparison in that financial statement. So what I would look for, for example, to see whether the building is being well managed to start with is whether or not they have um, uh, uh, they, they have enough money, current assets, to pay current liabilities. That's the equivalent of how much money do you have in your pocket and how much do you owe. And you want to have at least enough in your pocket to pay what you owe. The second, and, and, and that consists of a reserve fund and also operating accounts. Second, um, I would look at see whether from year to year the um, expenses are similar. Um, if you see expenses jumping up and down all over the place, uh, you're you're going to know that it's that that's a hallmark of poor management. Same amounts year to year going up appropriately for inflation. That's good management. And especially if you see the legal fees going up and down and up and down and up and down, that's a red flag. Um, you want to see that the building has, uh, there's a uh, cash flow analysis. You want to see that the building has invested in itself. The co-op or condo has spent money. Unlike uh, uh, the building down in Florida, that they avoided making improvements for years and the building collapsed. Right. You can see that right in the financial statement. Because those amounts that are invested are depreciated, so they're disclosed. And you can tell it. It, it. It's like any other business. You have to invest in your business just to stay current because of depreciation. So you want to see that people are investing, the co-ops or condos are investing in the structure of the building because you don't want to be depreciating and, i.e., liquidating the business, which is what a co-op or condo is, which is your home. Right. You want to keep it up to date. So there's a couple of things I look for. The other thing is I will uh, have my office review the bylaw. Uh, excuse me, the um, the minutes uh, for several years. In fact, sometimes even going back a decade or more to see what kind of things are written. You can get a flavor of what's going on. Some buildings are very careful to keep controversial things out of the minutes, but not always. And you can learn a lot. 
um, to see whether or not they've been bringing lawsuits, a lot of lawsuits against individuals and for what. You, know, they, uh, you get a sense that the board is, um, you know, uh, a, a, a board that tries to get to yes if you come to them and ask a question, or if a board is uh, uh, very strict in enforcing the rules and says no to everything that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I always encourage my boards to try to get to yes, and I encourage my boards to have a sunshine rule that allows people to look at things. Um, you know, if there's been a lawsuit, for example, uh, where somebody requested a shareholder list and the board fought it, that's a red flag like nothing that I've ever seen, mm-hmm. you know, that, that they wouldn't give you something you're entitled to under law. So you could also ask, uh, you should have a good broker who knows the building, who knows the area, and might be able to give you some tips. Uh, that that's also a new way. And but a good, but a good, but a good, re- but a good, a good real estate attorney is somebody to to call upon going into this, um, as opposed to after you have a problem. I, I, I'm I'm thinking about my own experiences. I had real estate attorneys, but I didn't know them. They were sort of recommended, and okay, and you, you made the deal. I bought condos, I bought co-ops, and then I found out what my situation is. If I were to buy a co-op or a condo now, and I came to a, 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 a professional such as yourself, is that a service that a good real estate attorney or firm will provide for people by doing that type of an investigation in their name as their representative uh, into? We, we, we always do that. That's part of our protocol. Um, There are other, uh, but it costs money. Well, of course. There are other people, there are other people who just want the cheapest uh, closing they can get. And very, and sad to say, sometimes very inexpensive attorneys are recommended by uh, brokers because they will not find any problems and they'll just close it quickly. And that's how brokers get paid. Um, so it depends on what you want. We're, we, we are not the quick, cheap closing attorney. Um, we, for example, provide a different product, which is a which I think is what I, what I do for people, what I want to want for myself. That's how I, I, I practice. I, I put myself in your shoes and uh, it's important for me. I think it should be important for anybody. If you're buying what may be the largest asset you have, right. That you spend a little money at the beginning doing due diligence. So you don't wind up buying something you wish you'd never gotten involved in. And very mm-hmm. often these things can be seen. There are, as we were discussing, um, there are red flags that you can find. You know, it's um, funny, uh, in, in conclusion, in conclusion, Steve, it's funny, when I first got into uh, real estate as, a, as an investment um, for, for a condo, when I bought the condo, I was surprised. I, I was asked by people when they see me in the hall or they see me in the lobby, oh, hello, how are you? I'm Joe Blow from Apartment 27. Where are you from? And then they ask you the question, are you a renter or a buyer and i thought they were just being nosy no they were trying to recruit me for their political party within the building for all the politics that goes on steve the music's playing and i have to say goodbye uh you're with adam lightman bailey um, pc how do people get in touch with you real quick 917-843-9296 Thank you so much, Steve. I I learned a lot talking to you today, and I'm sure our listeners did as well. Pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Steve Wagner. Thank you very much. 
Thank Ion you. Ion Real Bye. Estate continues. My pleasure. Uh, Ion Real Estate continues. Michael Harrison for Dottie Herman. Uh, real estate writer Lois Weiss is next when we continue with Eye on Real Estate. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <coughs> now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table... Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. New York City's first and only life plan community, River's Edge, will soon be built on a 32-acre campus along the Hudson River just minutes away from Grand Central and Riverdale. River's Edge, a community for adults ages 62 and up, provides peace of mind knowing that if your health changes, your needs can be met seamlessly right where you live. You have a life plan with easy access to uninterrupted on-site care at no additional cost, no matter how your needs change. River's Edge, your plan for calm. Call 844-55-RIVER. That's 844-55-RIVER or visit riversedge.org. Spring means new beginnings and growth. So let's get your business's seeds planted now with Salem Surround. Look, there's a lot of competition for your brand and the services you provide. But we want you to stand out. How? By making sure people find you faster and easier on the web. By helping you grow your positive online reviews. By bringing you the leads your business needs to thrive. Our team of media strategists are just like you. We live here, work here, and know the communities you're trying to reach. That's because we're local and here to serve you with boots on the ground and the know-how of a nationwide digital agency. At Salem Surround, we do it all. From digital audio to streaming television, SEO to paid search, social media and websites. We're media strategists and we're proud of what we do. There's only one thing we're missing. You. Let's grow together. Visit SurroundNewYork.com. Surround New York, connecting you to new customers. You know, a business that epitomizes strong family values and tradition over many years is Pat Lafreda Meat Purveyors. Established in 1922 in Manhattan's Meatpacking District, Pat Lafreda Meat Purveyors has been an institution in the New York restaurant scene for three generations. If you've experienced a delicious cut of meat at a premier restaurant within the tri-state area, odds are it was a Pat Lafreda product. Pat Lafreda supplies over 1,600 restaurants a day. You don't keep up that pace unless you're on top of your game. Talk about a true New York success story. Today, Lafreda Meat Purveyors operates two of the nation's largest state-of-the-art facilities in North Bergen, New Jersey, keeping to their local New York, New Jersey roots. Go online to Lafreda.com. It's L-A-F-R-I-E-D-A.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. And Dottie has taken the day off. Dottie's a little bit under the weather. She'll be okay, but, um, you know, boy, I've never seen anybody work as hard as Dottie Herman. Um, What a remarkable woman. So I consider it an honor filling in for um, Dottie Herman. And uh, she'll be back uh, next week. The show's eye on real estate, and uh, we're, I can't believe we're, we're down to the final half hour of our two-hour program. And it has been incredibly informative. I'm Michael Harrison. I'm very excited about our next guest. She's a writer. 
She has um, written about real estate in the New York Post, The Real Deal, The Commercial Observer. She's extremely knowledgeable, and I hear she's very nice. We've never met. So Lois Weiss, welcome to Eye on Real Estate. I'm Michael Harrison for Dottie. You don't have Dottie today, but you're stuck with me. But it really is a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you, Michael. How are you doing today? Doing okay. It's um, uh, real estate is not my bailiwick. Communications and and things of that nature are, but I think everybody, I think everybody is involved in real estate. Uh, It's a subject of universal appeal and universal importance. How did you? Just before we get into everything, how did you wind up becoming an expert and a writer about real estate? Um, Well, I think you have a rock and roll background, if I'm correct, right? I have a rock and roll background, and I have a talk radio background. I right. basically, well, I basically devoted my career to radio communications of all formats, and um, I spend a tremendous amount of my work following the trends of what people are talking about in the news. That's basically what I'm about. So I came into it from the rock and roll side. I used to. Um, write for rock and roll publications. And um, my husband was a tax certiorari attorney and he needed some publicity and I ended up writing at some point for Real Estate Weekly, which was the Bible of real estate trade paper. And from there, after about 10 years there, I um, wanted to, you know, actually work on a website never happened um but i ended up at the new york post so i've been there since 2000 Mm. and i've seen a lot of uh ups and downs in the market especially when we you know you you were talking about buying houses and and rates i mean when we bought our first house I think the rate was 18%. Yep. Uh, but luckily, we had an arm that went down. So we were very lucky in that. It's very hard to um, it's very hard to negotiate in one's mind the different eras and chapters of economy that, that those of us who've been around the track a few times have lived through in, in saying 18% interest rate confirmed con, compared to now 5.53% interest rate or two something it's it 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 really to use it uh, to use a term from our rock and roll days it's mind boggling isn't it <laughs> <laughs> it it is and i and i feel for kids my daughter's been looking for a home in um another state and i've watched the prices you know escalate and and escalate and then the, of course the property taxes follow that so you know just you know it, it's crazy for the kids coming in but you know it's also going to hurt uh people who own property in new york city because as interest rates go up, they have to pay more, but um, it's hard for rents to keep up. You know, on the multifamily side, the the property owners are really hurting because people were technically allowed in a lot of cases not to pay their rent. And this has hurt people, um, minorities, and um, a lot of women own small buildings in the boroughs, especially, where they're working two jobs and their tenants aren't paying rent because the city made them keep paying their property taxes. 
Right, so, right. Everybody sees it, it from know? their own perspective. And, and landlords, you know, landlords are almost an iconic, um, you know, uh, image of the big bad landlord, the landlord. But the landlord business yes. is a tough business these days. Most of the laws on the books around the country overwhelmingly favor the tenant and a lot of people i hear a lot of people say i don't rent anymore i I, i've had such a bad experience in renting they they trash the place they they they, they, i can't get rid of them the law is totally on their side um and that that creates a problem doesn't it uh it it does and um it's horrible right now a lot of um and I don't say that bad L word. Um, the building owners are not renting properties because the 2019 um, new rent law only allowed them to increase an apartment by $83 a month um, if they spend $15,000 improving it. And if you have somebody who's lived there for 20 or 30 years, you you can spend fifty thousand dollars and eighty three dollars a month doesn't cut it, and you know it used to be that um, at one point uh, people figured this out that the uh, property was not were not doing well, and they allowed a twenty percent bump for a new tenant, not a current tenant. So a new tenant who has a choice of where to rent knows the rent they're paying, and that really helped um, owners improve the properties and make nice kitchens and bathrooms and, you know, do things like that. And they're not uh, allowing that anymore, and it's really hurtful uh, to, to the owners. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned that you have um, children who are of house buying age, and um, many of us do. Yes. And of course, there's that old thing called the bank of mom and dad. And uh, earlier, yep. Ace and I were talking about how uh, the architecture of housing is changing as people are uh, beginning to work from home, and that extra room is now an office as opposed to a den, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, maybe they have to have extra rooms now for your millennial children to live in <laughs> while they're trying to find to yeah. find a. I, I, I mean, it's a joke, but it's really true. There's a lot of that going on right now. Yes. I'm lucky she hasn't moved back in, but, uh, you know, she and her husband uh, rented a two-bedroom, and it was great during the pandemic because she works out of the house normally, and um, he ended up working out of the house also. So they had enough space um, uh, to have their own offices and you know, it's incredible. But, you know, what what's going on sometimes in the apartment business is that they're putting in extra space for work-at-home little uh, areas. Right. And in some of the new apartment towers, they're adding co-working space as amenities. Um, into the into the building, so that you don't always have to be in your apartment. Oh wow, what and a great we, idea! In other words, what you're saying is like they have a room for playing billiards, or they have a theater for people to watch a movie on Friday night. There is actually yeah. office type places that you can sign yeah. up for. I hadn't Absolutely. thought about that. Yeah, the the Brooklyn Tower, that tall thing going, the tallest building now in Brooklyn. Right. Um, that is 
going to have 120,000 square feet of amenities, including three pools around the historic Dime Building Dome, and also co-working space, about, um, I think, almost 20,000 square feet of co-working space. And they have co-working space in the Bronx also um, uh, at the Brookfield Project there in Mott Haven. What a great idea. What a great you – know, I can't – you know, I, I'm, I'm stunned because I would, have, I, I would have thought I would think of that. That, that is basically yeah. a new development, isn't it? It's a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, on the other hand, the office buildings are turning to have more hospitality and home-like uh, amenities in them, trying to get people back from their homes. They're turning the offices into looking more like a place you want to hang out in. And oh, that's yeah. really interesting. So, you know, uh, down in um in Penn Station area, Tornado has 100,000 square feet of amenities on the ground floor, and many of them are now open to the public, including bars and lounge areas, and, you know, as well as, um, you know, a lot of restaurants and things like that. Um, the same thing down at Essex Crossing, um, you, you the street scene there now is underground, and they have the Essex Market with lots of different, um, uh, you know, vendors and and local food options. So they've they've taken sort of the Italy concept and and food court experience and upgraded it. Um, and you see that now in a lot of places. So Essex Crossing is a mixed neighborhood. You have Verizon is going to consolidate down there for its offices, um, and there's more office space available. But you go there, and there's residential towers on top, a sort of middle band of offices, and then underground you have a lot of stores. And I tell you, I was down there the other day, and the views up to Midtown, you get the great skyline, and you get, you know, the, the Williamsburg Bridge there, and it's fantastic. Wow, very interesting. Lois Weiss, a writer with the New York Post, Real Deal, Commercial Observer, and obviously a fascinating woman to talk to. Thank goodness we have another segment coming up, Lois. I look forward to continuing this conversation. It's Michael Harrison filling in today for Dottie Herman. Dottie's uh, a bit under the weather, but I hear she's recovering, and she'll be back next week. Another segment with Lois Weiss is next, right here on Eye on Real Estate. So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So, tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush out for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates covered subject to policy terms. 
The Kevin McCullough Show will be broadcasting live from Holland Christian Home on Tuesday, May 17th from 3 until 4 p.m. Holland Christian Home is a safe senior home for mom and dad or you. Free tours, cookies, prizes, and giveaways. HCHNJ.org. Meet Kevin McCullough live and in person on Tuesday, May 17th. Holland Christian Home has on-site medical care, respite care, and flex fee payment care. See and hear Kevin McCullough live at Holland Christian Home in North Haleden, New Jersey on Tuesday, May 17th. HCHNJ.org. Free tours prizes and giveaways call charlotte at 973-807-3245 residential living or permanent counting care with social activities delicious meals and daily chapel holland christian home is a place of love and kindness and founded more than 126 years ago call charlotte at 973-807-3245 hchnj.org kevin mckellar live and in person on tuesday may 17th see you tuesday Spring means new beginnings and growth. So let's get your business's seeds planted with Salem Surround. Let us help your website bring you the leads your business needs to thrive. Let's make sure people find you faster and easier on the web. Our amazing team of media strategists are here to serve you with boots on the ground and real-world expertise. We live right here and know the communities you're trying to reach. We're media strategists, and we're very, very good at what we do. So let's grow together. Visit SalemSurroundNewYork.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. After driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, we believe Mitsubishi Motors now launches its most exciting lineup ever. Get thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Choose from a wide selection of trim levels in either front-wheel drive or all-wheel control, all featuring the flexibility of third-row seating. And with special finance and lease programs, you'll be sure to find just the right Mitsubishi Outlander for you. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi. Mitsubishi today, just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com, that's FreeholdMitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-2788, 732-863-2788, Freehold Mitsubishi. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. And it's Michael Harrison for Dottie Herman. She's taken the uh, show off. and uh, No, she's not a show off. She's uh, taking the show off and uh, recovering from uh, some kind of a sniffle or something. I think that uh, she'll be okay. She's a hardworking, uh, hardworking member of uh, not only the real estate community but the media community and does great work in helping people understand the complicated world of real estate because it is complicated and it has tremendously important um, uh, consequences when you go into real estate. You can either do it intelligently or you can do it without uh, knowledge, and knowledge is power. So um, Dottie Herman's taking the day off. I'm Michael Harrison, and I'm involved in a oh, one other thing. You can reach Dottie through her website, DottieHerman.com, and you can also ask her questions through that and uh, might hear your question answered on the air, DottieHerman.com. So we're in conversation with Lois Weiss. Lois is a writer about real estate and uh, very well-respected within uh, the real estate community. Lois, you're still with me? Absolutely. Okay, Looking great. forward to it. <laughs> yeah, now the interesting part of the conversation is we, is we land the plane. Um, 
you you have really opened my eyes, and, and thus I assume to the listeners as well, about the amazing changes in the infrastructure in New York City, and I imagine the rest of the country, dealing with this issue of, um, as we come out of the pandemic, people dealing with, I don't want to go back to work. I don't, I don't want to go to the, to the fluorescent lights and the cold, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, cubicle farm uh, that I have to yeah. work in and the corporate atmosphere and the bland painted, you know, walls. And I have to tell you, years ago, years ago, I came to the conclusion, Lois, that I hate the atmosphere in offices. <laughs> I, I found it making me ill that that I was I was I was into telecommuting before years before the pandemic in terms of my company. And um, so so what you're talking about for people just joining us is this remarkable evolution going on right now in to try to get people to go back to work because so much depends on it in terms of urban centers, the economy, restaurants, commerce, etc. If everybody leaves the cities, that, that creates a, a bigger problem. So we're talking about changes in the infrastructure of buildings and workspaces that make them more homelike and buildings that have both residential and businesses in them. Am I correct in, in that you've yes, talked about absolutely. that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, one, one of the things that it is really the, the landlord, the, the building owners are always on the forefront. I mean, the 1970s, they were on the forefront of energy efficiency because they didn't want to spend the money, you know, paying for the, the gas price, which I think then went up from 30 cents to 60 cents, if I um, remember correctly. But, but now they're in the forefront of understanding that people want a different home and life balance. And so, you know, from the, for the last few years, they've been putting money into fixing these buildings up and making them just look beautiful. Um, there's beautiful lobbies. Um, Michael Chaveau, someone who is known in the industry for making gorgeous residential buildings, he is part of the group that owns 711 Fifth Avenue. Walk into that lobby, it's absolutely stunning. It, it's small, but it's, it's, uh, it's elegant. Um, and, and that's the kind of thing that people are doing. They're either bright and with plants now or, um, you know, very plush with velour um, seating and anything that looks like home and makes you feel more important. And, of course, they've been working on the air filtration. I mean, the best air now are in these new buildings. Uh, that's an improvement because a lot of people talk about they, they feel sick when they work in these old buildings, these old corporate yeah. structures that um, probably haven't had the ducts cleaned in 30 years. You know, God knows yeah. what you're breathing in when you're there. All of this is coming to play. What do you see as the evolution, the timeline on this um, in terms of the rental of business and home properties in the New York metropolitan area, uh, where are we at? And is this something that's, you know, a couple of cases, but it's going to take years for this to change or, or what? What should somebody be thinking no. about if this is of well, uh, impact to them? Well, companies look out, you know, five years in advance. If you have 500,000 square foot business, 
you cannot move in six months. You're thinking at least five or six years out now. So that's why a lot of the new towers you see that are going up in Hudson Yards, Manhattan West, one Vanderbilt, one Madison Avenue, IBM uh, just became the anchor tenant, and they're moving, you know, going to move from the Fifth Avenue to uh, one Madison, which is an old building on the bottom that's getting another, you know, dozen floors of brand new glass looking out over Madison Square Park. So, you know, the companies are thinking in advance. They're um, moving, uh, and they can't. They've recognized that they can't always renovate in place and make it efficient. It's much better for them to rent a new space. And the building owners have been working through the pandemic when nobody's there making these gorgeous things. I mean, you know, the the space at at, uh, Pen One now is open. Um, and Lever House completely being redone. The whole building's empty. I did a walkthrough of that. It's going to have 35,000 square feet of amenities, plus, uh, you know, the cat's uh, lever, the, the restaurant there, the whole under uh, building lobby is going to be redone. And, and all of it is also about outdoor terraces. Every single building has outdoor terraces that are set up for work. So you can go out there with your laptop, and it's all high-speed Wi-Fi. Uh, this is important, uh, too. That's an important point. You know, you mentioned, um, you know, working um, – you mentioned Verizon before. My, my, my brain lit up with, oh, yeah, don't forget to talk about – how important it is that the building you buy, let's let's forget about all these fancy schmancy things that we're talking about, just the average co-op, condo, apartment building. You got to make sure that they're wired properly for communications. Yeah. A lot of people have yeah. bought and they'll buy a co-op or a condo. They go in and they don't realize, oh, my gosh, the building is 25 years behind the times in terms of fast internet service and then they're really messed up have you encountered that well i didn't in uh, the early days of of being wired i'm sorry to hear that that's happening now um to owners and it's interesting because um there's a company called wired score that has the um, commercial building owners all signed up so that they're, you know, people know before they're renting there if they're wired scored gold, wired scored platinum, how many um, uh, suppliers they have. And, you know, I'm a little bit nutty in that way. I have um, phone lines on one provider, my cables on another, my my mobile phone is on another provider because when somebody goes down, I still need to be able to get online. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, you know, pay, overpaying for different services just to make sure I'm covered. But, you know, some of the wiring in these um, older, you know, co-ops is, you know, that goes back to where they cut deals to go in there. Um, some of the the um, rental owners found out that 
they were stealing the electric from them by going in and plugging into the electric without permission. So, you know, it's up to the boards to really cut deals and make sure that their buildings are properly wired. Yeah, Manhattan especially is different than most places around the country in as much as there's so many decades and centuries of building upon building, building in place of building. Um, I I always think of Manhattan as having secret corridors and secret wiring and and places nobody knows about. And I don't know how the – I often wonder how the infrastructure of Manhattan even exists because it's so complex compared to the rest of the world that – um, you, you don't know. Um, uh, am, yeah. I being, am I being paranoid? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, seriously. I mean, underneath there's there's tunnels. There's mm-hmm. all kinds of, of hidden places down there. You know, they joke about finding the alligators in our sewers, you know, right. from right. being let go. But, you know, Marianne Tai, who's a chairman of CBRE, the other day at a young men's women's real estate luncheon panel that she spoke on, she talked about how we were lucky in a lot of ways that New York has this variety of buildings to choose from and that they're adaptable. Um, you know, that people are converted after 9-11, people converted many of the downtown obsolete buildings to residential. So they got completely new guts and bones. Four, right. 425 Park was a an office building, and they left some of it in place, and they rebuilt the top of it. Um, Hearst Tower at 57th um, and 8th Avenue had the landmarked uh, base, and they had this, you know, jewel box that they built there for Hearst. It's just, you know, a stunning tower. And then you have, um, you know, all of these new buildings. But that's why, uh, you know, you should really look at what's available in new places. And people are coming back. And I hear Lois, the music. Are we yeah. done? Yeah, we're done, Lois. Oh you gosh. have you are a absolute cornucopia of information. Lois Weiss, writer about real estate, thank you so much. What a pleasure talking to you. And I know Dottie would be delighted. Hopefully she was listening. Be well, Lois. Thank you. Okay. You and uh, pleasure. thanks to uh, Mert Roberts. Excellent job at the controls. And it's been a pleasure for me, Michael Harrison. Dottie will be back next week. Check out DottieHerman.com. And this has been I on Real Estate. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank and three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.